This episode of the podcast was recorded over a Zoom call uh, at a time when physical distancing is important to us. Uh, so you will find that depending on the quality of the internet connection, uh, it can get choppy at times. Uh, but for the most part, you will be able to hear the conversation clearly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Hello Mentor podcast. Uh, we've been away for a while, uh, but we're back today um, with a chat with Advan Pang, uh, who is the co-founder and chief technology officer at Healthmetrics, uh, an award-winning corporate healthcare solution company. Uh, Advan has more than 14 years of experience as a software solution architect for gaming, oil and gas, travel, and the insurance industry. Uh, and among his previous accolades uh, include emerging as world champion mm, uh, with his team at the prestigious global angel hack competition in San Francisco, USA. Uh, that's pretty cool, right? Uh, and with all his experiences and achievements, Advan is committed to revolutionizing and improving health metrics services that comprise of technology advancement and data security in providing the best solution to their clients. And with that, let's start the chat. Uh, hello. Hi, Evan. Hello, Derek. How are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how's uh, MCO treating you so far? Uh, I, I guess, I guess uh, okay, like relative to a lot of people. Um, for health metrics, you know, a lot of us have been working from home. I think the same goes for Bob as well. A lot of us are actually working from home. It's not the best, but it's okay. It's okay, yeah. I think I haven't I think... left home like for four weeks now. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. When, uh, when, the, when the government loosened up restrictions, uh, did everyone go back to office or a certain percentage go back to office? <laughs> Uh, certain percentages go back to office. In fact, right. in, initially when government lose up, uh, lo- loosen the regulations, um, mm. it, it was still encouraging people to continue to work from home. And we, 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 because, I mean, because we can, right? As a tech company, mm. a lot of, we, are, we are pretty enabled in this sense to work remotely. And we have all the infrastructure in place. So we just kept encouraging people to work from home. But uh, over time, what we noticed is that People naturally wants to go back to office. You know, people desire like that sort of commute, separation from personal life. And so over time, we see like people slowly going back to office. And then bam, MCO 2.0, right? Then, then people work from home. And, and, then, and then slowly people start going back to office again. And, and, and yeah, 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 so the cycle repeats, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, uh, we notice the same thing. So especially those, like, let's say... Um, Let's say they're not married, you know, like they, they not much to do at home. As in, yeah. they don't have their own family, lah, right? Or, yeah. or they live in their parents' house. I'm talking about very young people. Then they they tend to want to come out and see their sort of their friends, lah, like their colleagues, right? So yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, but now obviously everyone's just working from home, lah. and um, and and 2020 itself, by like, how would you describe it in one word? <laughs> In one word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and why? La, after that, you can explain why you use that word. <laughs> um, disruptive, obviously, right? So one word, it, it will be disruptive. So I think I think it changes everything. 2020 changes uh, 
a lot of people's plan. Like, I, I think it, it, even, even for a tech company like us, right? So we have like this sort of plan, this sort of things that we want to do, right? So when, when COVID hits, when 2020 comes, right? A lot of our plan, um, you know, we, 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 cannot, we cannot just execute as it goes. So we need to adapt. I think the same goes for everyone else, right? Mm. 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 So it, it has to be disruptive. La. I mean, for, for better, I, 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 think, I think it hits a lot of people really, really hard. For some people, they, they, can, uh, they, they may have a relatively easier time compared to the rest, but it, it does indeed changes everyone's processes, you know, and uh, how they adapt to the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it. Uh, I think uh, what we all commonly know right now is that yeah, it forced a lot of people to adapt to technology also that because yeah, right. There's no other way to continue functioning right because a lot of physical things cannot be done anymore. Right. Uh, right. So, um, and, and for for the for the people listening who have not heard of health metrics before, what does health metrics do? Maybe you can describe it to us in your own words. So, health metrics provides this digital platform for companies to manage their employee, to manage their employee healthcare benefits. So uh, essentially, uh, HR can now manage their employees' healthcare benefits on real time. Now you compare this to a traditional practices, right? So as you, as all of you guys probably know, in Malaysia, there is no company that provide healthcare benefits to the employees. And generally this can be done in one of two ways. So, the first way is actually uh, uh, self-managed, right? So a lot of companies actually do self-manage. And when I mean self-managed, right, uh, typically the process will be the employee, when they are sick, they will, they will then go to a panel clinic, they will receive treatment. And what they will do is that usually they will pay first and then they will bring back the receipt back to the HR or the finance department, right, for reimbursement. So generally this, this is what, what is happening right now. And um, what we do is that we provide this digital platform for the companies to administer this whole process digitally, right? So the process right now is that the, the HR would just need to key in the employee information into the system and then define the benefits for this employee. Let's just say, okay, they are receiving like 1,000 ringgit in terms of benefit per year or 1,002. And then they can also set like what sort of uh, benefits are, are entitled. So um, they, 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 can, they can actually like go for like general treatments and they can even like claim for supplements. It's, it's, it's really up to the HR policy, right? Then uh, the minute this is entered into the system, the employees can then go to one of our many panel uh, clinics and hospitals and specialists, right? And receive, the, the, yeah, and, and receive treatments. And they do not actually need to pay because uh, everything will have been uh, taken care of. Yeah. Right. So, so basically for my employee's point of view, right? Because I think last time you go see the clinic, you pay, they give you a receipt, you go back to the office, you have to put in through ex expense claims, log in your sick leave, everything. Like this, yeah. that whole administrative process is just automated now. La. So they just turn out the clinic and it, as long as it's a panel clinic and it's done, la, right? All these things just automatically get done. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So, I mean, the right. process has always been manual. Uh. It has not been changing, you know, since 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 this thing comes along, right? So, mm. what we really do is that we, we re uh, th this is actually a, a, a process that's actually right for disruption, right for automation. Mm. Yeah, mm. And, and basically we did that. Uh. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. And and um, and so, uh, I know Alvin, uh, he founded Health Metrics, right? Um, mm. uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, how, how did you actually meet him? Like, how did this all start? 
<laughs> we were actually uh, introduced by a mutual friend. So I, I the, the the funny story is that uh, I Alvin and I we were not friends back then, and uh, and Alvin has this idea all along, you know, like like starting something like health metrics. But then he has not like really uh, met the right guy to to bring this idea to operation, uh, right? So from what I heard from him is that is that he has been going into uh, you know like uh, magic events, MDEC events, and those kind of stuff, you know, just to just to see what's out there, and then just to see if there is any opportunities to bring this idea to operation. And at the same time, I was also going to magic events and that events as well. But we never truly run, we, we never run into each other. And eventually he actually met this uh, met this guy in the magic event called Jerry. And, and Jerry is our mutual friend. So I also know Jerry from magic events as well. So, so that's how it got started. So Elvin first pitched the idea to Jerry. And then Jerry said, Okay, there's an interesting idea, but I cannot help you out, right? Because you need a tech guy. And I know this tech guy that I think you can talk to. So that that that's how Jerry connected both of us. Oh, really? Yeah, just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, then how 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 did you know like hey, this is the one that I want to get involved in? Because I'm sure you could have you could be a CTO in a different startup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh in fact at that point in time, and if, even now actually, I, I I, I'm also running this other um, other startup called Infinity Lab as well, uh, in in conjunction with Health Metrics. So Infinity Lab itself is actually a, a software agency, right? So we we build software, we build apps, we build website uh, for for businesses. We bespoke software, and the reason the reason we were introduced right is that because uh, it, it was actually meant to be a a, a kind of a you know a vendorship. So, so basically, it was meant to be a project and not to participate as a joint venture or, you know, like like sharing this business together. Yeah. Right. What, right. Right. Yeah. So, 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 so when Alvin first approached me, right? So he was saying that, okay, you know what? I need your help to build this system and tell me how much it's gonna cost, right? And then we ran through it, and then we were saying, oh, okay, now this thing is gonna cost this much, right? And then he was like thinking about it. He said. Uh, okay, obviously we don't have so much money, right? <laughs> there's not funded, it's not funded, you know, like there's, there's giving commitment up front. Then he was telling me, you know what? Do you want to participate? Because this thing is going to make us a lot of money. <laughs> and, you, and you joined, la, like that you believed in the vision. La. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the time when we were actually also helping a lot of other startups as well. I mean, Infinity Lab, on the other hand, was also helping a lot of other startups uh, in terms of yeah, tech as well. So we were also doing um like back then there was a there was there was Lovit we that we we become a tech partner of Lovit. Lovit eventually go on and turn into Oxwide. So there there was the early days up, right? So so it was kind of fitting into into what Infinity Lab was doing back then. So we said uh it's okay, it's okay because we, we, we do want to also like join other businesses startup as a tech provider. And and it was along this line that how how we actually like end up co-founding the, the, the company. It's interesting, uh, and also sort of makes me miss this whole community thing that we used to have. Because I, I noticed also like a lot of startups that started a few years ago were also sort of like this. It was sparked by a lot of activity in the community, right? Like a place where people started to meet each other, people start yeah. to share ideas, then suddenly startups are born. <laughs> Yeah. So um, obviously now we don't have this anymore, la. Uh, and, I, and I don't, I right, and I, and I don't know whether it also sort of 
ties in with like I don't see that many new startups that are very prominent these days. Like maybe mm. it's because the community isn't there anymore, or there there isn't like a a central place where people are meeting each other. Because you talk about magic last time, I mean, I used to go to those events too, you know. So. I was yeah. also probably there. I just didn't see you, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, we just right? so never had a chance to say there. hi. Yeah. Correct, correct. A lot of people were there. Uh, and um, so that's, that's, that's interesting, right? So um, from your opinion, right, now now that you're... Uh, I think health metrics has grown quite a bit from those early days. Um, what do you think would be uh, the difference uh, in terms of like uh, someone that is thinking about, oh, what, being a CTO in a tech startup? versus actually being a CTO in a corporate company. Because I think sometimes, because both also called CTO, right? but I actually think that I imagine that the work is very, very different, right? Yeah. So so what, what do you think is more interesting and, and what sort of challenges would be different? I think, okay, so so the, the, the it's always about CEO and CTO, right? So these two positions, it, it will be very different from when you are a startup and uh, and when you join a corporate company, uh, like, 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 like being a CEO and CTO in a corporate s- s- uh, setup. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think okay, so obviously the biggest the biggest difference is that in a startup, uh, generally um, being a CEO and CTO is, is like you're your co-founding a company and you end up doing a lot more than what is generally expected of uh, of, of the CTO role itself, right? Or like so when when for example, if you actually go on Google and then you type a uh, CTO job and responsibility, and then you you find this particular list itself, right? Chances are you will be doing a hell of a lot more than 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 just this particular list itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. as a CTO of a startup company, I think you go you you are the initial programmer. It is very likely you are the initial programmer. You are the you are the first coder. That that first piece of line will be written by you, right? Then you end up like mm-hmm. the hiring your your team. You are set up this this whole foundation. So there will be stages that you go through as a CTO of a startup. First is like the founding of a company, and that time, right? The CTO title is is a, is, is a glorified title for a programmer, right? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. and then you start getting more and more people, and then you start having all these processes in place. As a CTO of a startup, you get to experience the stages of the growth in the company. So in the early days, you're like a programmer. And once you're, you you sort of have a product market fit and then this thing is going, right? Then you end up being, a, you know, like a, like a manager more. So you end up coding a lot less. In fact, like I don't even code nowadays, but you end up like trying to grow your team, scaling up your team to, to bring up those guys. And then if you notice, right, CTO is not supposed to be involved in engineering process. CTO is more about like, you know, being a, the hacker in chief of the company, being a technologist. But the engineering process itself is, is to be managed by, you know, a, a, a VP of engineer who really know, you know, engineering process excellence, you know, putting, putting guidelines, making sure delivery are in order. So as a CTO of a startup, you kind of go through this entire phase. Yeah. And right. it's very and interesting. Yeah. It's sort of like very condensed, la, right? This entire phase is like very fast, like, you know, like you start as a programmer and then within a few years, suddenly you're managing people and then you're supposed to be very strategic with the tech side, right? uh, you know, being like, like yeah, in your own words, like hacker in chief, like, you're supposed to have like the, the vision, right? For the product from a technical standpoint. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right. And then being very good with just uh, managing the people. Uh, but um. What is the, uh, would you say that's the biggest challenge, the fact that you have to go through the transition to those different phases in such a short period of time? Definitely, definitely. I think um, at different stages, there will be different uh, 
challenges, you know, uh, or, or most challenging kind of situation. I remember when we were founding, uh, when we, we just got started, right? And 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 what happened is that uh, the 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 most challenging for me is is to actually like uh, hiring good engineers, you know, like hiring good programmers to actually like 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 come and join us. Now, I think I think uh, we all know that the tech scene in Malaysia is actually pretty heated, right? So there is a there is a very limited talent pool. There are so many companies actually, you know, going after the same talent pool. Uh, and and so what happens is that you know like you 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 can you can bring in people to join your team, but they will they will not be uh, excellent. Uh, like 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 there could be better candidates out there. So so it's actually pretty hard to actually like get good candidates. That that was in in the initial phase, right? Then and and but very soon you 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 get through that. So you have like your whole your, your team of like four, five, eight programmers and they are working closely with you. And there's a time where you know engineering output is it, great. We are producing like quality stuff uh, very fast. And and then soon, and then not long after then you suddenly have like, you know, you need to scale your team beyond team of eight, you need to scale it to like 15, 20, right? And then at that point you realize that, hey, I have doubled the manpower, but then I'm not doubling up the speed itself. So there is a scaling issue then, right? There like this whole matter of like, in, like how do you have 20 people working uh, you know uh, in, in a way that's possible then you start learning all this like uh, two pizza rule, you know a team cannot be too big you need to start like separate and then and then then you have like isolation of knowledge and, and you need to put processes in place so all these things right you need you 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 will end up like discovering it and then you have to put in a fix really quickly but you like like for example for my myself right I, I don't even have experience in all these things. Right, a lot of things we can't learn on the fly. A lot of things I'm I'm doing it for the first time. Like today, I'm is the first time I'm leading a, a a tech team that is this big and with so many processes in place. Right, so this is these are all the challenges. You don't really get to slack, lah. I guess you really need mm-hmm. to put effort, lah. Yeah. Yes, and 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 it, so it it sounds so you obviously like one of the leaders of the company. At the same time, you are learning yourself, right, throughout this whole journey. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's it's kind of tough doing that sometimes, especially when you have a team, and then you're new to it, just like them, you know. Right. And and, and then con- yeah, and then you also have this these challenges of of bringing your first batch of employees right and training up them to be the next generation leaders as well, because they have people reporting to them. So you end up not just managing engineering processes or tech processes itself, and also like the people, but then you 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 start like coaching them, you know, like training them so that they become leaders in their own rights. So that is also mm. pretty challenging. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, it's more than just uh, doing tech, right? It's like a lot of uh, people management kind of uh, work as well. Yeah. Uh, and what's the biggest lesson you've learned over the years, right? Being a CTO of Health Metric. Right. I, I learned that we are actually, we, we do not know everything else, right? So, so I, I think this is probably the biggest realization for myself, this is this is a very personal kind of experience, right? So when I graduated from the university, back then I actually participated in quite a fair bit of programming competitions. So you know, like uh, when you talk about tech, I think about programming, and with the programming itself, you know, I I, I think I'm pretty good at programming. So I, I participated in all this competition. I I I win some of them, you know, and I I, I get pretty confident with my own uh, technical 
knowledge and, and know-how itself, right? And and it kind of like go over the years, but when I started like health metrics and then like started scaling out a company this way, then I realized that there is really a lot of things that I do not know. And there is so much more to learn out there. And the story with tech is that tech is ever changing. Uh, tech is also moving so fast. It doesn't help that tech is also moving so fast, right? So uh, I, I guess in the end, um, I learned to be able to delegate to, to people that knows better than I do. And I appreciate them like having this sort of subject matter knowledge that is that is you know that is complementary to, to what I know. Right. So yeah, I think I think for myself it's, it's really about, about that sort of humbling experience. I, I'm bringing in like compliance people right now, I'm bringing like data team right now, and I'm bringing people that actually speak machine language rather than my you know like human language and yeah, those kind of stuff. <laughs> and and so so you're you're, I suppose you're, you're learning to, like you said, delegate. Um, at the same time, you're bringing in a pool of talent that you yourself may not be familiar with, right? Like, so as in like the way they think the skill set they have is different and you have to learn how to manage them, right? As a CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. And, and um, uh, what's, uh, and, and on the healthcare industry itself, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people, especially now when you're in the pandemic, et cetera, uh, sometimes people think that, oh, healthcare must be doing really well, you know, like as an industry. But what, what do you think are some of the things that is hard about being in the healthcare industry, you know, that maybe someone on the outside would misunderstand that it's easy? Um, it's a highly regulated industry. So like similar to finance. And, and it's also an industry that is uh, in a way uh, pretty entrenched as well. So it, it, it's kind of like, I mean, because you, you, there is a lot of stakeholders. The thing with healthcare is that there is a lot of stakeholders in, 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 in play, right? So at one hand, you have like the medical professionals. These are like, you know, the doctors or the pharmacies and, and, and you know, uh, people that provide the service itself, the healthcare service itself, right? Then you have like um, the, 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 the institution itself, which is like the hospitals, right? And, and people that is actually like the uh, providing facilities for this medical professional to administer service, right? Now, a lot of people actually think that doctors uh, is an employee to the hospital and hence, you know, like the, the hospital get a say, but very soon you realize that, okay, doctors are doctors, hospital is hospital, and then they are like two very different stakeholders and, and two of them actually like uh, sometimes can have very different opinion on, a, on, on on the same topic, right? And then you also have the payer side, which is like, it could be the, the corporate side or, you know, the insurance provider. And then along with the insurance provider, there is a third party administrator, there is an underwriter, there, 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 there is a lot of stakeholders in play. And whenever you want to push out a process, right? And people talk about like product design, who you talk to and, and those kind of stuff, right? You, you, you're not talking to two, three person, like two, three stakeholders, you're, you're, you're talking to, into a, like a, a, a setup of like five to 10 kind of different stakeholders and, and try to get all of them to agree to a certain process, yeah. So that itself is very challenging, and 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 also I think I think I think generally people are resistant to change, right? So, mm. but right, yeah, right, I think right. we, are, we are making progress there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I can I, I can see what the challenges are, and and um when it comes to building a technology startup, right? Mm. So or, or mostly when it comes to advice, lah about building a technology because now startups are a very big thing, right? Yeah. So online, I can see a lot of people talking about startups or people giving advice about how to build a startup, you know. Is there any common advice 
that you hear that you disagree with, you know, and you think people should just ignore this advice. Okay. I have this thing that I, I, whenever I speak to Alvin, which is my partner, right? So there is this thing that I kind of always disagree with him that is actually fake it until you make it. <laughs> <laughs> As in like sell, oversell, is it? Like, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 I, I understand the whole essence of fake it until you make it, right? But yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes people can be pretty... Uh, now, taking it to the extreme, you know, like people can can really uh, like oversell so much, right? And under-deliver. And in a way that, it, you know, it costs your reputation, it costs your brand. And, you know, it, 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 it also like kind of like bring problems to a lot of other people, right? So I think, okay, so basically, right? Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't like uh, uh, be optimistic and also we try to cover for some of the lost ground. And I, I'm not saying that we should wait until we have the product perfect product before we approach a customer because that thing will never happen anyway, right? So mm. the, 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 I, I think what is really important is that for people to not fake it too much in a way. So in, in this sense, right, in this sense, I think if you're trying to, 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 to fake it too much, then it's, it's kind of bad. What you really want to do is that you want to scale well on the, on, the, on the faking part, but you know, like, and the things that you fake, right, is something that is it's very feasible for you to do. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. I, I, I suppose that might be like a very common uh, uh, maybe CEO versus a CTO kind of tussle uh, between yeah. how, far, how far to position your product. <laughs> uh, and, and, for, and for someone who's um, uh, just graduated, right? This is someone that's recently graduated uh, and they hope to become a CTO of a tech startup one day. What mm. what advice would you give them? Uh, they are not immediately becoming a CTO, but one day, right? Mm. Okay, being in a startup itself is tough, right? So people who consider to to actually go into startup, uh, uh, initially people may think that you know you will have like this this time, you know, like you'll free up your time, you get to do whatever you please and, and, and you get all this financial freedom and those kind of stuff, right? It's not going to happen until much, much later, right? <laughs> so we all, we are all running startup, you know, how this goes. There's a lot of grind behind. But if you are a, a tech person, chances are you you really love tech and you, when you're considering a, a journey into a CTO itself, right? So I don't think uh, you will be complaining so much in terms of the, of the, you know, putting those long hours in. But what 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 I usually see tech guys uh, end up doing is that I mean tech guys they, they they have a lot of ideas and they have a lot of passion to build like really really great product right and sometimes they go way way overboard so so they, it's a we have the term for this is called over engineering so mm. you mean this and then they engineer this so that it it it, it comes with like eight additional hands and those kind of stuff right so <laughs> yeah. So the advice for them is probably like you really want to balance your passion with a certain degree of wisdom. You know, like <laughs> like you want to know like okay, you shouldn't allow your passion to like shadow your your your, your decision making, so to speak. Mm. Right? Mm. You, need, you really need to evaluate it on a on a very logical and also very objective ground on what is possible to do, you know, what sort of effort you want to put in and then and then identify like the low hanging fruit and, and do not really go over overboard with uh, with this with this passion thing. Yeah. Right. So if I sort of to use my own words, it's like um 
yeah, a lot of people who want to be uh, in a tech startup, you know, they they might have a love for like software development, especially they love building things. Uh, right. Uh, but yeah. at the at the same time, you need to balance with like uh, the practicality of it from a business standpoint. You know, you need to balance between like and also understanding that very often the product by itself, you know, you know, it, it can it may not be enough, right? So you also need to dedicate time to do other things, and there might be a point where you build the product where it's sort of good enough ready, so you don't need to go and do these other ten things. It doesn't make a huge difference, right? Before you sort of like test it, uh, in the market, right? So, right, and I find that um. Uh, I mean, obviously, I also work with a lot of technology people, and I know I, I agree with you. There's a lot of passion from the tech team, you know, yeah. and uh, and especially when, you know, when we are uh, when we are smaller, right? The team is very small. The tech person is also the product person in a yeah. way. They also do a lot of decision making and strategy. And then as the team grows, you know, like some sometimes they they they're very focused on the software development side, but they still have a lot of uh, passion about what ideas to go into the product. But then suddenly now you have a product team, then you have like the business side, you know, and so all those things coming together, um, you know, someone that is in a tech startup has to learn, uh, right, to kind of balance all those things at the same time. It's not just about you coding and coding and coding, right? Correct, you want correct. to code. Uh, correct, right? correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then probably there is also this other thing. So uh, I, I think I think as a as a as a like like a person who has a lot of passion, right? So they end up like um, I, 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 what I see is that they often uh, along along the, the line of over engineering. So what they really want to do is that they really want to deliver that perfect product before it actually reaches the public. So this is this is something that that's not gonna happen. So there is no perfect product, and then like perfect product is is it's, it's a process of iteration. It's the process of small steps, right? That that you think uh, take along the way. Yeah. So I think I think a, a tech person or someone that that really aspire to to go into CTO for a startup and where you will be programming and also like uh, driving the product decision, right? You must, you, you, you really must understand this thing that, that is actually iteration. Yes. And, and you, you sort of, um, uh, someone once told me before, it's like not just not for tech people, but like founders in general, like founders can be a little bit shocks and deary, right? In the sense where, <laughs> People imagine that their product is the best thing in the world, you know, and this is yeah. a great idea, the great story they tell themselves. But when you put the product out into the market, that's when you know, yeah, when you know yeah. whether you really have something or not. <laughs> because I have, um, I mean, I have actually met a lot of like younger aspiring startup entrepreneurs sometimes. And, you know, when they pitch the idea, I can see, you know, they have the fire, the passion. And they say, oh, once I launch this, right. It's going to change the world, change the industry, kind of thing. But uh, it almost never really happens this way, one you know. Yeah. Because once you put it out the market, then you suddenly realize, oh, there are these ten other things that I didn't realize, or actually the customer doesn't want this. The customer wants something else. Yeah. So, so the iterative process, as you say, is like you you need to get the product good enough, put it out there. Don't have to over engineer uh, Good enough, put it out there, mm. and through that feedback with the market. Yeah. then you kind of get to that perfect product. So the, the perfect product doesn't happen in your head, right? It doesn't. It never, it never happens in your head. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe you are that one guy, but it never happens in my head. Maybe, maybe, right? There must be like Steve Jobs out there where that they are so visionary, right? That they yeah. can imagine what the world needs. Uh, yeah. yeah, but in most cases, yeah, you need the, 
you need to work with the market, uh, put it to the market, and the market will sort of help direct the decision of what is a perfect product. Correct. Uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. And and when it comes to building your team, right, Evan? So I, I'm curious, uh, if you're interviewing uh, candidates for you know a job within your team, uh, the tech team, uh, what are some of the main attributes that you would like to see, right? Or, or maybe you have any specific stories of someone that's really impressed you, like an interesting story of someone that's really impressed you and like maybe tell me why. Right. Uh, it, it, it depends. It depends on like the seniority of, of a person that I'm actually hiring, uh, right? So so if, if I'm actually getting junior or, or, or senior in that aspect and to buff up the delivery, right? Then I will be looking at someone who is actually um, has has high agility of learning. Is that is that a phrase? <laughs> but basically, mm. basically, basically, they can you know like like they come in. They they have this aptitude for tech because if you if you if you talk about tech, right? There is a lot of tech stack up there. So whatever we are using may not be compatible with whatever the person itself is doing. Now, for, for, for a lot of people, that could be a no. Okay, say like, okay, if you're a Java programmer and then we're using C Sharp and then you're coming in. Okay, since you don't know C Sharp, then it's a no-go. But for me, I think, uh, and I've been telling my leaders, it's okay if they are willing to learn and they actually have this high agility of learning itself. So we are looking for people who are, who, who fits our culture, you know, like culture fit and also high, you know, and, and high, have high agility of learning. Now, if I'm actually getting someone senior to advise me on how to actually like you know, do certain things, right? Then that's where I would really look for a technical know-how. Like this person who comes in and he says that, okay, I can I can run this entire department. I, I have this, this sort of experience. And, and truly like this person should have the experience, right? So um yeah. I I guess I guess it really depends on, on the on the seniority itself. Yeah. Of right, right. right. Yeah. Right, and, and building on your point about high agility of learning, I think yeah. um, a conversation I remember recently, I was talking to a, like a tech person, just saying that actually, right, when you come to software development, some people, doesn't matter what language they learn, because they understand like coding and programming so well that yeah. they can adapt to a new language quite fast. They just have to relearn certain things, you know, but because they understand the fundamentals, you know, of like software development. So yeah. whereas... There, there are some people that maybe memorize certain things. So it's a bit hard for them to just transition to something new because they didn't fully understand what they were doing before, right? right? Uh, so, so finding that person who really, really understand uh, their work is actually quite important, uh, right? It allows them to adapt to things very quickly because their foundation is so strong. Uh. Mm, that, that's right. So so even, even during our like, the, the interview sessions, right? We actually have like this technical uh, test. And during the technical test itself, we allow the candidate to use whatever language that they're comfortable with. Now, the, the whole goal of the test is not to actually test them whether or not, you know, it, it's semantically correct. It then miss a semicolon, you know, and those kind of stuff, right? But it, it's really to, to see how they understand the approach to solving the problem. Because if they can actually solve that in the language of their choice, right? Then there will be a good fit, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You let them yeah. use any language they want to any language them to solve the test. I, I see. I see. Oh, okay. okay. We even allow them to actually. Uh, it's even an open book test. So basically, you you are free to go online to to you know mm. to to actually. Uh, because because today, when 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 I did programming competitions back then, right, uh, internet wasn't as mature. You know, like like so you don't you don't have all these resources online. 
and 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 what we need to do is we really need to memorize the you know the libraries the syntax that that comes along with it and and but today this is not realistic like even when we program ourselves right we end up like googling syntax as well so it's it, mm. it, it's not so much about like all this semantic but if you actually have that sort of aptitude you know you 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 have that idea on how to approach to solve that problem right that is even much more important than you being you memorizing like the all the programming syntaxes right yeah so to having that this kind of a logical approach like very structured logical approach to how to solve the problem you can yes. figure out all the like the syntax like you said right of the of the language how to translate it into actual code itself like yeah, uh, yeah right right and and uh and because i think like like programming languages evolve all the time and so many different programming languages um it's it's much easier to just go online and just search that right for like the little details here and there uh when right. you're trying to right when you're trying to do something and um uh and for people who want to grow right for people who are interested to grow in uh in the tech team and the startup uh i mean specifically to health metrics but i'm also wondering out you know outside of health metrics how how do cto's think right so as a cto what factor would you consider right when you're deciding to promote someone in your company oh okay so um so there is there is there is actually this this sort of uh this sort of uh 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 quadrant thing that we use is 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 a nine box quadrant i think you heard of it before right so okay okay again it depends on on the on the seniority level itself right so uh what we are what we are trying to do uh, here is that we actually establish this sort of like a uh, uh, a grading grading with uh, for, for the tech grading itself it's actually not not quite launched yet in 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 health metrics itself but what we were thinking about having this technical grading for each of the technical grading we would we are defining the sort of responsibility and the sort of contribution that you need to make as a team Type person in the, in the company, it doesn't say that you 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 will need to have like this sort of expertise in terms of like algorithm solving and stuff like that. But you will you will highlight the things like, for example, you will be able to carry a project on your own, you know, like and and that 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 sort of things, right? So that that will give people a very clear idea on okay, I am I there yet in terms of like the promotion, in terms of promoting promoting to this particular grade yet, and that phrase itself, right, will 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 provide them with a guideline to. Yeah, their, their their career progression within the company itself. Right, right, right. The the, the nine yeah. step quadrant. Actually, I'm not familiar with it, so I I I should probably Google it later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so it, so you're so you're launching this soon, uh, Within Health Factory. It, it's it's something that we are deliberating right now. It, it's it's actually still in a in a pretty drafty stage right now. So. The process we have right now is not fully matured yet. I'll be honest with you. So the the one that we have internally is not fully matured yet. Right now, it's it's actually based on a no consensus whether or not this this person is actually doing a, a super strong job there. So, you know, as as been all startups lah, right? We do not have a lot of proper processes in place until, okay, we are we are there now, and then we really need to have this process in place for yeah. us to scale this further, right? So yeah, we yeah, are no, we are coming yeah. up with yeah. things that yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As in, there's so many, there's so many things going on at the same time. Sometimes yeah. you're only reacting to something when you realize, oh, we need to solve this ready because we're at that stage, right, where this is important. Yeah. So yeah. when you speak about this particular thing, right? So this, this, we we don't really even have a proper HR until we are like close to fifty headcount. Mm. 
So all this one, it was just like the line manager hiring and then, you know, like our, we, we will draft out a contract, we'll send it over. So our HR comes around the time when we are like 40 to 50 people. And then that's when she came in. We don't have any sort of like actual processes in place. I mean, we do have like informal processes in place, but they are not documented. There is, there is no proper written processes. So uh, she's doing a lot right now to put all these things in, in, in place, you know, performance management frame, framework and how, how we can, you know, objectively and fairly engage someone here. Yeah. Right, right. And, and out of curiosity, so as of right now, at the moment we are having this conversation, right? So yeah. count-wise, how big is Health Metrics and how, and how big is the tech team in Health Metrics? Right. If I'm not wrong, we are 85. Uh, we have 85 permanent staff right now. And the tech team itself, um, the engineering team is 20-ish. And we have about like another five or six in products. And we also have uh, about uh, four in our data team. Yeah, so the data team takes care of um, the, the, the data, machine learning, and AI kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. it's a fairly sizable, like um, yeah, engineering and data team product engine. They are quite sizable. It's it's yeah. about one third of the company. It's about one third of the company. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, so what are the plans then for Hellmetrics in uh twenty twenty one and beyond? You know what what should the public sort of expect to see? What should someone that's interested to join Hellmetrics expect to see? We, we we are nowhere close uh, to the end of our journey, right? So in terms of the mission and what we really want to build is that we want to, um, we, so we, we want to cover the entire life cycle of a corporate healthcare benefit management, right? So if you if you think today, a corporate is spending, for example, if a corporate is spending 1,000 ringgit on an employee, right? And this will include, you know, like uh, spending on his uh, medical claims, uh, buying insurance, his wellness programs, and then, you know, some administrative fees and those kind of stuff. This thing, right? What we really want to do is that we want to, we want to like um, take out the administrative part because we are, we, are, we, are, we are streamlining the process. So we are, we, we are actually cutting down in terms of like uh, the middleman that goes in place because all this while there's a lot of middlemen, there's brokers, there's agents along the way. So with this digitization process, we are cutting down on this and we have so far provided the solution for the outpatient, means the non-hospitalization side. Last year, we actually launched the inpatient, the hospitalization side, but this portion itself, it's only for companies that are self-paying. Means that if your employee goes into hospitalization and you cover for that hospitalization cost, you are covering it from your own pocket and not through an insurance provider, right? So, and what we are working on this year is that we are covering the insurance side. So we want to be able to cover this journey, but um, with the payer from the insurance side. So insurance is covering up for this for this thing, right? So this 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 is the thing that we are we are progressing along. We are also doing long term. Um, we are we are also doing uh, uh, online delivery of medications for the for for, for people with like long term. Um, uh, difficulties, you know, like long, long-term medications in, in essence. And at the same time, at the same time, we are also expanding regionally. Yeah. So so we are expanding both horizontally and and, and vertically right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot going on. You know? So it's like new product, but you're also going to a new market. Is it? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Correct, correct, correct. So we are, we, the, 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 the thing with the new product itself, right? 
it, it's whenever we, we, we do this thing, there is always demand from the Hishan to do more. So the, the Hishan has been using a system and they, they love our system. Then I say, hey, can you help us with this? Can you, since it's already in your system, you know, like just provide this additional stuff and additional stuff, right? And then whenever we did our survey, it makes sense. A lot of HR actually wants to have something like this. And, and they will, you know, they will even pay a certain subscription fees to have like uh, these additional features and it helps them a lot, right? We have we have companies that, that have like an army of claims department just to manage claims before. And, and this system actually helps them to streamline a lot of these processes, right? So, so we expand, it, there is a need for us to expand uh, vertically in terms of product integrations. But at the same time, we, 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 all this while we have this plan to actually like uh, expand horizontally as well. Yeah. Mm. And, and which new regional market are, are you entering or have you already entered already? Uh, we are entering Singapore. We are entering oh, Singapore. Okay. Yeah. So Singapore has the, um, the closest kind of uh, ecosystem relative to uh, like they are most similar to us in the, in this region as well the thing with healthcare right uh is that every country has a very different ecosystem so it, it's not a system that you, you know you can roll out to different markets and scale quickly you have to do a lot of like local adaptation a lot of local customization for a particular market and so far singapore is the one that is closest to us right 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 oh and, and it's your, your first country outside of Malaysia. La. It's okay. our first country outside of Malaysia. Okay, right, right. Okay. So the first time you go to the venture region. Oh, it sounds very exciting. Uh, <laughs> we were supposed to go last year, but but we postponed this year and this year is not actually getting any better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, um, we had the same plan. So last year we were supposed to go regional and then we just delayed the whole thing. Because uh, um, the timing wasn't so good. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting to see you all going to venture to that soon. Uh, so yeah so thank, thanks for your time Evan I, I love the chat I can I'm, it's very interesting to hear like how health metrics is doing it's very, very interesting to also hear like how you see the, the engineering team the tech team what your views are you know and also the advice like, right, to how people want to sort of have a successful sort of career in like um, in a startup yeah. right so um, do you have any uh, I imagine most of the audience uh, listening to this particular episode might be software developers themselves you know maybe they're interested in a startup you know what uh, maybe any last advice you want to sort of give them uh, uh, you know if they're interested to actually join a, a startup right now Health Metrics is hiring come join us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're hiring a lot, I imagine. Uh we, we are expanding the team. So so uh part of the okay, so so uh not not so much on the business talk, but on the tech talk itself, right? Is that we are also having this 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 whole uh re-architecting happening within health metrics itself. Now mm. uh to, to, to give you a bit of context, right? Whenever we build a system, we kind of like build a uh, we started with a single system, right? And then as we the needs grow, we start to add like more and more features to it. So what happens after a while is that this system becomes so big, it's so 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 like like it it it, it becomes too much. It becomes too much, right? So what we are doing right now is that we are actually decoupling out, we're actually like uh, moving into like the microservices, we are move, moving into like really, really agile, very distributed kind of uh, programming. And this is actually a very, very interesting thing time for us right now 
there is a lot of things happening inside the, the, the tech team over here. There is, a, there is this explosion of technologies that we are actually using. And then if you're actually mm. like a software engineer interested in like looking at all the latest tech, you know, latest fad of uh, technologies that we, we, are, we are probably be using uh, you know, some of those. So yeah, it, it will be a nice place to be right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, if anyone's interested to sort of explore these roles in health metrics, you can start Google them, go to their website. I believe you're also on Wob, so you can also check out there. Uh and yeah, and just apply and hopefully that you know you can build your team and you'll join your team and you have a have a successful business. Uh, thank you, Derek. Coming yeah. on. Yeah, awesome. So uh thank you again, Evan, and I will uh I will probably cross paths with you in person someday lah, even though I don't think I've met you in person before yeah yeah, yeah. thank you yeah, for having yeah. me it, it's a great chat session yeah thank you yeah uh, thank you I'm very looking much. forward to meeting you in person <laughs> yes me too me too Thank you for listening to the Hello Mentor podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do hit the subscribe button, uh, whether you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you're trying to have a great career or if you want to succeed in business, you will benefit from really, really getting to learn from some of the most inspiring people in Malaysia and hopefully you can replicate some of that success yourself. Uh, We have many, many more amazing people joining us soon and we expect to release an episode once every two weeks. So hit that subscribe button to our podcast and you will be notified when the next episode is up. Also, this podcast is supported by Hiredly, a full-fledged recruitment platform that helps junior to mid-level professionals discover the right place to work. So if you're looking to hire great talent or if you're looking for a new job, uh, do check us out at Hiredly.com. That's H-I-R-E-D-L-Y.com. Thank you and I look forward to share the next episode with you soon.